Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages situations. Okay, here we go. Now put it in reverse. Got it. Now forward. Okay. Reverse. Now turn the wheel. Right. Turn the wheel. No, reverse. Left reverse. Right. Slow the out. Go kill it. Kill it. Kill the owner. There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. I said reverse. Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Well, we're docked now. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. We are part of the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. I am Keith Smith, your host, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Pete Toll. Pete, how are you this evening? Uh, doing great, Keith. Hope you're well. I'm doing great, thank you. And then we are joined by our producer, Con Arell. Con, how are you doing? I'm doing great on our back-to-back pod we just <laughs> recorded with Jake. You might, you might have heard that one earlier this week. That's it, Con. Now Con's letting everybody know all the secrets and peeking behind the curtain. <laughs> um, no, we did do another really cool show. It was just Con and I with Jake Kelfer from the Professional Basketball Combine. Give that show a listen if you want to learn about what the Professional Basketball Combine is. Uh, Jake was a really cool guest. He's got a really cool kind of career path himself to how he got to where um, he is working professionally in the world of basketball. So, you know, I'm just uh, if anything, I come out just a little jealous of Jake is, you know, that this is what he gets to do with his life. So, um, you know, and then we just get to talk about it. But uh, but no, we, we got a, um, another show for you here where we're, as Con mentioned, we're going back to back. This show, though, going to be more focused on what we normally do here. We're going to talk about some of the more recent news around the NBA as far as transactions go. Um, maybe we'll touch on a little bit the injuries with the Warriors and the Celtics. And then we are going to get into the shooting guards, uh, all the free agent shooting guards. We're going to break them down into our tiers and talk through it. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not good. Uh, if you need a shooting guard this year, you're just wait um, or uh, go get one in the trade market because this is not a good uh, free agent class um, with shooting guards. So, all right, so let's get right into news here. Some of these we're going to zip right through, um, because we, we've kind of already talked about what these guys bring to their teams. A lot of second 10 day contracts being signed. And the first one, uh, since the last time we recorded Rodney Purvis signed a second 10 day contract with the Orlando magic, Brandon Jennings, second 10 day with the Milwaukee Bucks. I would not be surprised if, if Jennings signs for the rest of the season when this 10 day runs up. What did, what do you think about that Pete? I think pretty much because he's he's shown a little bit of a flash in in the games that he has played. It's kind of been up and down playing time, but you know I think why not? Yeah, con you in the same boat. Yeah, for sure. I mean he's he's shown he could play before. Why not now? Yeah, and, and I, I I'm starting to think Malcolm Brogdon might not be coming back. 
it's been a been a long time for him. It was a pretty serious injury that he had, so starting to worry. We we're not really hearing, unless I missed something recently, anything about Delavadova coming back anytime soon. So, so you know, that's all all a little little weird. So they definitely need it for no other reason. Jennings provides a little bit of extra depth there at the point guard spot. Jalen Morris of the Atlanta Hawks. He his second ten day contract expired, and then he signed for the rest of the season, and he promptly got hurt. Um, and he has been out for, for a little while with the Hawks. Hopefully he'll get back in there um, on the back, uh, towards the back end of the season as we've only, as we're recording this on Tuesday the 27th. We only have a couple weeks left in the NBA season, which is really kind of remarkable to, to think that the regular season is just about gone. Uh, Aaron Harrison signed a 10-day contract with the Dallas Mavericks. He is the brother of Andrew Harrison, who plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. So Aaron back in the league. He he was previously in the league with the Charlotte Hornets, so he's back there. Travis Ware, second 10-day contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. Ware has been logging rotation minutes due to the number of injuries up front. He's an interesting guy, kind of gives him a stretch four element, about six foot ten or so uh, out there on the perimeter. He's you know really hustles, gets up and down the floor. So he might be another guy. I think I think you're gonna see him at the end of this 10-day contract get a set or get signed for the rest of this year, and probably with a non-guaranteed year attached to that for next season pete i know you got thoughts on travis Ware. um i think he's shown a lot more than he that he showed before when he was you know playing with the knicks and i i feel like complimentary wise he can you know fill in a rotation spot here and there but long term i don't know that he has enough tools to stay in the nba but for what the lakers are trying to do just you know get experience for the young guys things like that why not take you know, a chance. And then you've got obviously Lonzo ball, you know, running the point guard spot, you know, being able to get you the ball in good situations and where it can knock down, you know, the three point shot as well as a deep two pointer as well. So, you know, perfect role for him right now. Do you think he calls his brother and like, like, like reminds him that he's in the NBA and he's not. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause <laughs> it's, you know, that collection of, of brothers, like uh, what's the older, was it Luke Zeller? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, uh, I that so that kind of scenario. Yeah. yeah, it's that kind of scenario. Same thing. Like, ah, you're the one that didn't make it. You know, you that's right. Yeah, and they started at North Carolina too. Yeah. Right? And then finished at UCLA. All right, that's enough on Travis Ware. Uh, Damian Lee, he signed a second 10 day contract with the Atlanta Hawks. He's actually been starting for Atlanta. Is uh, the the Hawks are they for several weeks now if not months have not been trying very hard to win games uh regularly sitting uh rotation guys out and Dennis Schroeder plays playing about every other game or so now but but you know good on Lee I again another guy I'm gonna assume he's gonna get a uh a rest of the season deal as well as some extra money um after that now now this is a legit NBA guy Brandon Wright was waived by the Houston Rockets um you know he is uh just never healthy. I believe he only played in one game with Houston. Could just can't get the knee right to contribute. And I I really liked that signing for the Rockets because they, especially for the rest of the regular season, where they don't like to play, they only like to play Nene. But every other game, I thought Wright was going to give them that quality third guy behind. Clint Capella and Nene up front. He just really fits well. If there's one thing he does well, it's roll to the rim. Um, and that's obviously what they ask the big to do most often in the Houston system. So, you know, unfortunate that he he's out. Um, you know, hopefully he can get healthy and come back because he can still contribute and bring something to a team. 
there. The Rockets unsigned signed LeBron Nash, uh, who this guy he came out. Uh, I want to say it was a year or two ago um, from Oklahoma State. He is he he was kind of just came out of nowhere this signing. Um, I think this is maybe more designed around having him for next season um, than it is for this year. Just a little extra depth. He's another guy, six foot seven. He's think of PJ Tucker, uh, Luke Richard, and Bamute. He's you know similarly sized, where he's a you know kind of short but a thick big guy. Um, played power forward. At, he's just about six foot six, six foot seven, and he played power forward in college. Um, so, so he's now with the Rockets. I would be surprised if he plays any meaningful minutes. Um, from, from yeah, he won't. Up. He's from yeah. Texas, so I think maybe it was a slight favor. Maybe you could say. Yeah, it could I didn't be. Really, have him on my radar as ever making the NBA. Honestly, I thought he would be a career overseas guy, but yeah. And these I, things too. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. And if you didn't know, you can always pull up guys and see who their agents are on Real GM. Um, but that's always sometimes you look at that to see is there a reason, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. It doesn't look like his agents get anybody else who would be on the Rockets um, radar at the moment. But but that doesn't mean anything. You know, he could have somebody else somewhere, you know, on the pipeline coming down. All right. The next move was the Memphis Grizzlies. They they let uh, Briante Weber go. Um, just another, you know, another sign that I just don't know that Weber's an NBA caliber point guard. He's had several opportunities now. Con, I know you you kind of like Briante Weber, but I'm starting to worry that he's just he's not going to stick in the NBA. Well, it's it's interesting because I think if he was in a right system where there's a offensive-minded guard that needed that needs a defensive guy next to him that he can maybe play that role a bit. I think there's a reason why teams are constantly taking a shot at him, um, so I feel like if he, I feel like there's going to be a team where he, he might get one or two more shots, and I think he just needs to get lucky at this point because he obviously doesn't have the offensive tools to kind of show out um, and have that like one big game or one great offensive practice or whatever it takes to make a squad. Uh, I, I just think it's a system thing, and if he finds lands in the right place, it'll stick. But yeah, it's looking tough for him right now. He, he reminds me a little bit of Patrick Beverly's early career path where it looked like for a while like Beverly was not going to make it in the NBA. And then, you know, all of a sudden he started shooting a little bit better and doing some other stuff. And you kind of mentioned it paired with James Harden is where Beverly's career really took off. Uh, just, you know, next to him, they they're, they were yeah. such a good pairing there. So, you know, maybe Weber lands in that situation alongside the, the right, as you mentioned, offensive guy there but Marquise Teague back in the league gonna get another shot here with Memphis you know the the Grizzlies are uh, despite their win over win at the Minnesota Timberwolves the other night the Grizzlies are they're a complete mess and I'm not not entirely sure how that happened Uh, next chronologically I'm gonna skip because it's the Chicago Bulls did a series of moves but I want to talk about them last um so we'll get through the rest of these Larry Drew the second second 10-day contract with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, there he's given them a little extra point guard depth um, on the team. David Stockton, son of John Stockton, as we talked about previously, he is on his second 10-day with the Utah Jazz. And then today, Bryce Johnson was waived by the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Johnson, one of these guys who just 
never made it. He another first round draft pick by the LA Clippers to you know wash out of the league early, and then he was traded to Detroit, then traded again at the trade deadline to Memphis. Only got into a couple of games with the Grizzlies, but just at this point, questionable if Bryce Johnson's even an NBA player. What do you think, Pete? Uh, well, injuries hit him, so we don't know. Like he hasn't got consistent enough time, you know, to play, and then. With the, you know, basically the whole Blake Griffin thing and uh, the trade with the Clippers going to Detroit, there wasn't really any minutes to be a backup there in Detroit. So I don't know. And then Memphis, you know, so many guys up front, Gasol and, um, you know, Jarrell Martin and and Jamichael Green and things like that. He wasn't going to crack the rotation there either. So uh, he could have NBA potential, but now he's going to have to go, I think, you know, play in summer league this year and try to prove himself to get on an NBA roster. That's my yeah. opinion. Yeah. You know, he's got that first round pick pedigree. So a lot of times those guys get an extra chance, you know, whether it be as a second draft guy or just somebody sees something in him. So, you know, hopefully he can get back in a better spot for him and, and make it. He was actually replaced on the roster by Marshawn Brooks, who is coming back. He played in China this year, put up big scoring numbers as just about everyone does uh, from the NBA level that goes over to play in China. And now he is back in the NBA with the Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know, with, with the way Memphis is sitting guys, not sitting guys, he might get a chance to play, you know, some meaningful minutes and some games there in Memphis. One other uh, interesting note with Bryce Johnson, not more funny than, than anything was, I, I didn't know that this had happened, but it came up when I put out there that he was waived. They, somebody tagged the uh, old takes exposed. Apparently, Michael Wilbon said he would have rather have had Bryce Johnson 100 times out of 100 over Ben Simmons. I saw that. That was I, I couldn't have laughed harder on that one. Oh, man. I, I'd never seen that before. But it was funny. So I, I just tweeted my standard deal. The Memphis Grizzlies have waived Bryce Johnson. And then a bunch of people like were like, yeah, where's Michael Wilbon? And I'm like, what's that on? What's going on with this? And then somebody dug it up and then tagged old 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 takes exposed or whatever it is, and and they fired off their thing. So, uh, you know, good, good on Bryce Johnson for that. I guess he's always a meme, um, <laughs> nothing else. So, um, all right. Then two other things that are that are going on. So let's let's get into the Celtics one first because it's a little easier, I think. So they're going to sign Xavier Silas, who's kind of a fringe NBA combo guard. He's played a couple. Um, he had a couple camps with teams and the like, and then he's been playing in the G League for the Northern Arizona Suns. And the Celtics are signing him using what's called the hardship exemption, which essentially means that they have four players who have been injured for three games or more and are not due back um, in a reasonable amount of time. So they petitioned the NBA for an extra roster spot. This is different from the disabled player exception. I think people instantly went to that and were like, oh, we're going to get all this cap space. Let's go sign somebody, which even if that was the case, who, who there's nobody good to sign left um but beyond that it was that's not how it works that's a completely different thing in the way i always explain this is exceptions are related to cap space exemptions are related to the roster so that's what they call it the hardship exemption so boston was granted or will be granted or if they haven't been already in an additional roster spot they will sign xavier silas will come in now he can only be with the team through the rest of the regular season once they get to the playoffs they have to he can still stay but he's not eligible to play in the playoffs if he's the player on the hardship exemption or if one of the players who is out gets back to playing then they have to drop back into roster compliance and would would obviously have to waive him or or 
they could choose to waive somebody else on the roster. Now, the one that this was kind of fun. This is this is what this show is built on. The Chicago Bulls cons team, who is uh, hopelessly out of it, but they don't exactly know how to tank because they're still playing really, really, really hard. And um, in most games, they, they, the only way they can tank is when they sit their guys out. Con. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've been doing that more, but it, it seems like they're actually hurt, so we'll see. All right, so Cons Bulls, as, as we said, they don't really know how to tank, right? But now they are back and uh, do, doing some some roster moves that are fringe roster moves, but they're, they're kind of interesting. So what they did was first they signed Jalen Johnson, who's been playing for their G League team, Windy City, to a remainder of the season contract. So he got about 100000 or so dollars. Then they waived him. Then they signed C.J. Fair, who's been playing for the Windy City Bulls as well, to a rest of the season contract the next day. So he got one day's less pay, about $4,000 or so. And then they waived him. And then they signed Sean Kilpatrick. So we'll talk the Kilpatrick part after because I think that's a little more uh, impactful to the rest of this year and that. But Johnson and Fair. So what's kind of – I've been talking with a lot of different people. Albert Namad, if you guys don't follow Albert, you need to follow him on Twitter because this guy knows everything there is to know about the cap and the business of the NBA and breaks it all down. One of the things that he kind of put out there that was um, – it was – how do I put the kind of speculative because because we'll never really know is that if you guys remember way back to the beginning of the year, if you sign a guy to a G League contract and give him more than 50K, he's not eligible to play for your G League team because it's kind of working around the two way contracts. What Albert speculated, speculating, and I talked to a few other people who were, were all kind of now in the same boat, is that this might have been kind of an upfront payment for Johnson and Fair for next year. Um, to really say, we're going to give you this money now, then you sign with us to come to camp. We're only going to give you maybe a 25K guarantee or whatever. Come to camp with us, and then we'll get you through camp and then maybe back to our G League team. So it's kind of kind of an interesting thing to do. The Bulls did all of this using what was left of their um, – their, well, they used the minimum exception for those two guys, and then they used what was left of their – non-taxpayer mid-level exception assigned Sean Kilpatrick. Now, Kilpatrick was signed to a to a contract using the non-taxpayer mid-level, what was left of it. So he got a three-year contract. It sounds like it's about $2 million or so this year, and then slight bumps on that, right around $2 million for the next two years too. But it sounds like the next two years are both fully non-guaranteed or maybe some form of partial or escalated guarantee in there. So Kilpatrick, who he was lined up initially to sign with Boston on the hardship exemption, and then the Celtics lost him um, because it was reported he got a better offer, which he did. Celtics were only going to give him a 10-day contract. He ended up getting a three-year, $6 million contract out of the Chicago Bulls. So, Con, I want to go to you first because you're the Bulls fan. What, what are your thoughts on Kilpatrick joining the squad? Well, it, it, it caught me off guard a little bit. It was definitely unexpected because – I mean, this team has guys like Zach Levine, uh, Jerry and Grant, Chris Dunn, Campaign. Uh, you have Denzel Valentine and all these guys um, that are kind of in the same position. And Kilpatrick is j- just turned 28 uh, earlier this year. Um, he's a solid player. So, I mean, as, as like a backup point guard, shooting guard kind of combo, uh, I think it's it's solid i just don't know where he fits in the timeline um of these guys i know that the bulls are very low on jerry and grant at least they he hasn't been playing too much and when he has been playing he hasn't been playing too too well either um so 
I think maybe it's to kind of give Sean give Sean those minutes maybe to back to back everyone else up, but it 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 kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Although I do like Sean uh, Kilpatrick as a player, so he might he might play well next year if the Bulls are actually trying to sc- uh, scratch their way to uh, eight seed by by some luck. You know, and I don't want to encroach on our upcoming free agent uh, portion of this show because Zach Levine is one of the guys we'll talk about because he is a free agent shooting guard this year. That's what we're going to break down is that position. But I do wonder if he's Kilpatrick is maybe a little bit of insurance there or insurance if they trade Justin Holiday this summer, um, as well as, you know, because he can swing over and play the point. That gives him a kind of a third option behind Chris Dunn and campaign. Um, as as Dunn hopefully gets back fully healthy, maybe by the end of this year, if not by by the start of training camp, for sure. Because the only other really combo guy they have is David Nwaba, but he's much more of a 2-3 to me than he is a 1. I think he can defend 1s just fine. I don't think he's getting any issue with that. Pete, what are your thoughts on that that portion of Kilpatrick? Do you think you know, that could be what it is? I mean, I feel like it could be a move maybe for next year, but I don't like like Con mentioned. I don't know where it fits now because David Nawaba, I'm higher on than than playing Kilpatrick because you can get Nawaba experience. He's a better defender. Um, although Kilpatrick can score, I just don't know how well he's going to be able to defend um, and really help them. And then they're kind of going the tank mode, so I don't really it, like Con said. It caught me off guard. You know, I'm the same. It caught me off guard, but yeah, we'll yeah, see it what was, happens. It was, it was definitely an odd one. Kind of came came out of nowhere um, that one, but just you know, fun sequence of transactions. If you're a transaction nerd like we are in the show, um, kind of a fun uh, sequence there to 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 follow along with and see see as it was all going down. Because the Jalen Johnson thing caught me completely off guard. I was like, why? What is happening with this? And not a ten day and that so. One thing so, though about this, um, yeah. it it is a nice deal. I mean, two year, two million dollars a year for the next three years. I know a lot of people uh, were upset when Sean Kilpatrick got waived in the I think it was the um, Okafor deal uh, yep. by the Nets. Yeah, and so maybe it could be like a lower level trade piece that they can even pull a second rounder from in the future if that's the way they want to go. Uh, so I'm not low on it. It was just surprising. Yeah, no, and that, and that's the thing you should be doing when you're in a position the Bulls are. You've got you have these tools, whether it be the remainder of an exception or your cap space or whatever. This is what you should do with it: is build yourself some roster building tools going forward. In addition, it brought them over the salary floor as well, so that they're now clear of the salary floor and and where they need to be with that um, as well. So, so one thing um, before we head into our break here that we would be remiss if we did not. Um, may, may comment on um, want to talk for a moment about Zeke Upshaw of the Grand Rapids drive he um, you know unfortunately he passed away after an incident over the weekend where he played in the final game of the season where Grand Rapids I believe was in that game clinched a playoff spot and then uh, Upshaw he he passed out on the court um, late in the game with about dude, 30 seconds or so, Pete, is that? Yeah, I think so. I think it was like 36 seconds. Yeah, and then he was rushed to the hospital. Um, You know, it was uh, all that's been reported to this point that I've seen was a cardiac condition. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, everybody fought really hard for a couple of days, and then he passed away. So, you know, just really sad news. There are thoughts with his family 
obviously first and foremost, both his, his real life family as well as his basketball family and the Grand Rapids drive. Um, you know, for, for all of us, that's, uh, you know, just you know, awful to see. I, I remember when Reggie Lewis, you know, one of my kind of formative memories as a kid was Reggie Lewis, you know, passing out on the court and then Reggie Lewis, you know, dying, uh, you know, just a couple months later um, when he was with the Boston Celtics. So, you know, hopefully it's, uh, you know, his, his family can find some, some comfort and, you know, knowing that hopefully means he's in a better place now. So, you know, but just, just really, really sad to, you know, to see, see that, you know, just, just a life taken too soon. All right, we're going to come back to you after we take our break, and we're going to get into breaking down the shooting guard class of 2018 free agents. We're going to do it just like we did the point guards. We're going to slot them into tiers. We'll explain all that on the other side of the break. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We are part of the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. I am Keith Smith, your host. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Pete Toll, as well as our producer, Connor Rell. And we are now going to get into the meat of this episode, which is breaking down the 2018 free agents in the shooting guard category. Now, now shooting guards can be a little hard, right, because some of these guys, maybe they're more of a three than they are a two, or, you know, a lot of teams in Boston, for example, they don't call them that. They call them uh, just wings um so rather than doing one gigantic wing group um we we did our best to break these guys down i know when i broke the list down i go right to the play-by-play data that's available on various sites and 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 let them kind of guide my way with that so uh what we're going to do here is we're going to break them into our tiers so tier one is our all-stars tier two is starters Tier 3, rotation, and Tier 4, fringe. What that means is an all-star is they're either currently an all-star and we think that's where they'll remain, or they've got the potential within the next year or two to get to that tier. The starter tier, same same thing. They're either a starter or potential to get there. Rotation, they're either a rotation guy or got the potential to get there. And then fringes, these are the guys who are kind of, they're, they're on the outskirts of, of NBA rosters, maybe just hanging on for, for another year or two, um, and maybe, maybe more of a G League guy or heading off into retirement and those kind of things. So so we'll break everybody down. What we're going to do first, start off with, I want to go through the guys who have options because I think just because of the cap environment, these are the guys I think are going to opt in. So if you guys, Pete or Khan, you disagree with any of them, speak up. And uh, we'll get into it. So for me, first guy on that list, I'm just going to go through him alphabetically, Danny Green. He's probably the one I had the hardest time with because there's a lot of rumors he maybe he's not happy in San Antonio and wants to go somewhere else. But it's $10 million. I don't know that he recoups that um, on the free agent market um, as, as a, you know, anything probably, you know, 
maybe over a series of years. So I'm going to say he goes ahead and opts in, and he can always push for a trade. Any disagreement from either of you? I think it. I be... don't disagree. Oh, yeah. sorry, I did it. That was bad hosting by me. I threw it to two guys <laughs> and made you talk at once. Go ahead, Con. No, I was just going to say, I think even if he does want to leave, I think it would be smarter to just wait it out for one more year when the market's going to be a bit more open the next year too. Um, see what they can do maybe with Kawhi coming back. I don't know if Kawhi has made, is one of the reasons why Danny Green's reported to be a little unhappy. Um, but, you know, I, I think taking it would be a safe bet for him. That was the same. Okay. All right, next guy, Wesley Matthews. I'm going to tell you guys right now, there's no chance Wesley Matthews opts out of, I don't know, it's almost $16 million, if not $16 million for next year. But, Pete, I know you had a thought on Wesley Matthews. Uh, the only thing with Matthews, being where Dallas is going as far as getting a little bit younger, I think Matthews could be a trade candidate if they can find the you know right team to take on his contract. So that that's basically – what I see for him, because you know, we'll we'll talk about one of the other guys they have um, in the backcourt in just a little bit. All right, and then Jody Meeks, he's got a player option. I think Meeks will be back with the Wizards just because he's been kind of in and out of the rotation for a couple teams, whether it be for health reasons or just uh, playing time and ability reasons. Austin Rivers, this one's another tricky one because Rivers has really shown some good steps forward, uh, really starting last year and into this season. But, you know, play, player option for the amount of money he's got, it's over $10 million on the books. I think he opts in as well. Um, Amon Shumpert, he's definitely going to opt in because he's not even healthy enough to play um you know still this year and you know soon knows where that'll be and then garrett temple he was an interesting one because temple has said i don't know i might opt out i might do that he might just want to get out of sacramento but it's eight million dollars again no one's going to give him eight million dollars this summer so all right and then the only other guy who had an option is is uh it's a team option and this is lance stevenson i have the pacers dropping that team option so i do have him becoming a free agent so i've got him on my list if either one of you don't you think the pacers pick it up that's fine and we just don't have to talk about him when we get there so all right so now we're going to get into the actual free agents on the, the the groups here so let's start it out i have in this entire free agent class i have no one in the all-star tier con yeah, I I have to agree. That's why I kind of <laughs> I tiered them out in their own things because it was just no all stars. Um, yep. I think there's a upper tier even within the starters Ooh. when we break it down. But we, we can agree. get that there. We can get there. Yep. Pete. Yes. Same for me. I don't. Yeah. We'll wait and see. But no all stars. <laughs> all right. Well, so we're, we're this tells you guys how good this free agent class is. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there was not anybody close for me either. It's not even a guy where I'm like, oh, maybe. You know, like I just don't see it. All right. So then the starter tier. So my starter tier. Um, kind of my my top three guys in my starter tier are Avery Bradley, JJ Redick, and Contavious Caldwell Pope were my three guys at the top half of my starter tier. Then I get a couple more guys, but uh, any thoughts on those three? Or Pete, who, what were your top part of your starter tier? Uh, so I've got Bradley, I've got uh, J.J. Redick, and then I've also got uh, Zach Levine in there. Okay. Um, I had Levine just a little bit. I actually had him two spots over uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Okay. All right. We'll come back to that one, Con. Yeah, I actually um... – had Rodney Hood, Caldwell Pope, J.J. Reddick, Zach Levine, and I, I'd throw Avery Bradley in there too, so I had five guys in that top tier. Um, okay. And, and it was, I, I tried to rank them in who I would try to go after first. So 
that's kind of maybe more along the lines of who I think might improve a bit more too. And that's why I think Rodney Hood for me is higher um, than these guys just because of the way I, I went about ranking them. But in terms of who's having a better season, then yeah, Rodney Hood wouldn't be at the top of that list. Pete, who is your other, you, you said you had a couple other guys in the starter tier. Who are they? Yeah. Um, so next I've got Rodney Hood. Um, I've got Will Barton in there. I think that he could um, show his potential as a full-time starter. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope next, and then uh, Tyreek Evans in there as well. Um, even though I think he fits better as a six-man, I think that on the right situation, like a like a Memphis-type team, like he's currently on, he obviously can start at the two. All right, so let's save Barton and Evans because I want to come back to them. Um, and I want to give you a couple minutes. So, all right, so we're on agreement on Avery Bradley. This is where he slots to, assuming he's healthy. Um, you know, he's been a starter for a number of years now. I don't see any reason why he would drop off that. Um, yeah, I think this year his struggles have been fit and health-wise um, with Bradley. So, um, so we're both there. We're all there on J.J. Redick, right? He's, you know, starting level two guard, you know, still one of the better shooters in the NBA with that. And then we're all there. Varying where we ranked them, but Contavious Caldwell Pope, we're all in agreement. He belongs in there. I think that one's kind of something to look at because he started very slow with the Lakers this year. And I think some people are like, oh man, the Pistons made the right move. He sucks. And now we've got Avery Bradley, and now the Pistons don't have anybody, um, which is just kind of kind of funny for them. Well, I guess it's not funny. Their fans are probably pissed. But anyway, they've uh they they lost those guys, and now Caldwell Pope has played really well. And I think there's a chance. Remember, he's on that really inflated one-year deal with the Lakers, and I think there's a chance that if they don't get anybody in the free agent market, they just kind of re-up with him for another big one-year deal because I think they're pretty happy. I really like his fit alongside Lonzo Ball. I think they have the potential to be a really good defensive backcourt. Um, those two guys, I think they they they, they both fit really well together. Dude, Connie, you got any thoughts on Caldwell Pope and his fit in LA? Do you think there's a chance he stays there? No, I think there's a definite chance he says, I think him and, like I was saying, Rodney Hood, these two guys and Bradley, having the two-way ability, I guess Rodney Hood less so that he's shown, but Contavious Caldwell-Pope's two-way ability really makes him a hot commodity, I think, this summer. I mean, uh, a team like uh, Philly could could go for him, too. I mean, I know they have J.J. Redick right now, and uh, we'll see what they do with him, but um, anyone... A 3-and-D wing is exactly what everyone needs. So I think Caldwell Pope's going to be at the top of a lot of people's lists right after the, the superstars that are on the market this year. Yeah, no, definitely. And, Pete, I know you, going back to you know, a couple of years ago conversations, you kind of liked Caldwell Pope. He was a guy, if I remember, you kind of liked him as maybe a potential Sixers target at yeah, one point correct. in time, right? And and the thing about it is now that he's come on shooting the ball and and a, and a lot more confident, I think going into um, the summer, you know, other teams are going to see that confidence kind of shine through after he kind of got his his feet wet. I just don't know that he ends up a long term starter. He might be what you know what you know teams call a stopgate starter potentially if there's a younger option, you know, on a team like. Like with the Lakers, I think that depending on who they go after in free agency and kind of how all that shakes out, I think that could determine, you know, Caldwell Pope's spot on the team. So, you know, we'll see. Obviously, Caldwell Pope has the potential to start and succeed. I just don't know, you know, based on situation. Yeah, no, and that's that's exactly it. Whether he's a Laker or not is really only going to depend on what they do this summer in free agency. 
they land two, you know, big time guys, then he's probably not there. If they land one, maybe he's there. If they don't land either, I'd say there's a really good chance he's back. So, all right, now I want to get into the two restricted guys, two of the the, the younger guys who both have different issues, and it's it's interesting because you were both higher on on them than I was, but each on a different guy. So, Con, I want to go to you first because it sounds like you're pretty high on Rodney Hood. Yeah, I. This is kind of a thing where. I don't want to lose or get rid of my argument on being high on Rodney Hood because I have been for so long and each year he gets hurt um, and he doesn't perform as well as he could. I just don't want to lose hope that he's going to be a great player <laughs> still. So, um, But also, I just think, like I was saying with Caldwell Pope, uh, the 3 and D aspect of his game, Rodney Hood just has a little bit more length. I think he has a bit more... Uh, ball handling ability than than Caldwell Pope as well um and I just think if he could put his physical tools to good use defensively a bit more consistently as well as stay healthy um he would be I think no question at the top of this list but I'm just keeping him there just from what I have have thought previously and what I think he still can become no, so Pete, we found Cons Thomas Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Or <laughs> at least Rodney Hood's still in the NBA. But yeah, you know, it's true. He, yeah, it's. I, I like what you said there at the end, Con, about Hood. If he can stay healthy, that he'd be at the top because he's got great size, right? He's six foot eight, um, but he can really do do a lot of things. I thought towards the end of his Utah time last season and into this year, he's really improving as a pick and roll player and able to make some plays as a ball handler there instead of just being a shooter. And he was able to get his own offense. It's just it's the health part for me that drops him behind these other guys. Now I know I had Avery Bradley at the top, and Bradley's had his issues, but. Every one of his issues has been something weird that's correctable. Hood just is consistently, it's always something, and that knee just seems very troublesome, which worries for me about Rodney Hood and where to put him. I, and it's the restrictive factor as well. He's just a little bit harder to obtain. And I, I'm going to be curious to see where the Cavs go with him if LeBron stays versus if LeBron leaves. Because do, do you, if LeBron leaves, so Pete, I'm going to ask you this. If LeBron leaves, do you make Hood like the kind of offer that locks him in as like this is one of our guys we're going to build around? Um, I think he should because I don't think that it was any fault to Rodney Hood that Donovan Mitchell blew up, you yeah. know, basically far exceeded anybody's expectations. You know, the injury set in, of course, for Hood. But then when he was healthy, it's like, okay, it's Donovan Mitchell's show now. So um that and Rudy Gobert was out so just a lot of factors in there at Utah and then the you know free agency coming up just kind of spelled the end for for Hood um there but that doesn't mean that he can't be a focal point not necessarily the one maybe even second option but a good third option um you know for Cleveland moving forward yeah no that's that's a good point all right so Pete I'm going to come right back to you you had Zach Levine higher on your list than, than either Connor or I did. Um, definitely higher than I do. I have Levine at the bottom of this kind of five-man starter tier. So what, what, where are you at with Zach Levine? I just think that um, once he's fully back from the ACL injury, I think that he's going to be able to show, um, obviously, that he can put up um, you know, over 22, 23, 24 points a game easily. Um I just the thing I want to see from him is can he defend at the two guard spot because he definitely can't play point guard, but I think that his um, 
versatility on the offensive end, I think, is what's going to kind of what propelled him for me kind of up the list. Um, that and you know, no offense to UConn because I know you're the Bulls guy, but you kind of have to lean on um, on Markinen and Levine as kind of your focal points moving forward. You know, as pieces to build around. So why not put the ball in Levine's hands? Let him you know put up. A boatload of points. So, Con, let's go there. You're, you are the Bulls guy, as Pete said. What are you comfortable with them giving Levine for an offer? Um, so, I do want to say, among all these guys, I think Zach Levine has the highest ceiling, uh, I would say, um, just because of his ability to make tough shots and his athleticism. I think he's another guy that if he can put it together on the defensive end, use his athletic tools, he can really be a star. Uh, I think... If there, if there was going to be an all-star, he's probably the closest to become one in the next few years. I don't know if he'll get there, but that's why we pick. But um, in terms of an offer, I, I'm just, in my head, I'm already okay with giving Zach Levine a $20 million a year for four years contract. Um, I just feel like that's going to end up being what he's going to get. Uh, because I also feel like there's a team that could just give him that type of offer like the Hawks or, I don't know, the Mavs or whoever has enough space and room um, and whiffs on a couple other players that they're looking for just because of his explosive athleticism and his ability to make tough shots. I think those two things combined really kind of uh, gets teams excited for what he could become, even though he might struggle on, on the other end of the floor. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny to to compare him to his former teammate Andrew Wiggins. There's still value in the NBA for guys who can score 20 points a night. Right? And I, Wiggins takes a beating for all the things he isn't, but I don't think he gets enough credit for the fact that he can score 20 points a game. You know, and he does it fairly easily. You know, I, I, he's not a guy. He doesn't need thirty shots a night to get twenty points, and that's where I could see Levine. I I was really hoping we'd see more Levine and Dunn together because I think those two. I think they offset each other really well. I think you know you Pete, you said it. Levine can't play point guard, but he still has some point guard skills um, where he can. You know, he could definitely be a secondary playmaker or break down uh, teams off the dribble and get into the paint and make plays for others, as well as then you can throw Don on whoever the better uh, backcourt guard is, because they're about the same size. They're both six foot five or so. Uh, so I, you know, I, I kind of like that uh, grouping together. Con, I, twenty million. It's a little steep for me. Um, well, for it, for me, I just don't want to be disappointed. Be right. I just don't want to be disappointed when they do end up <laughs> signing him for twenty million. So in my head, it's just at twenty million right now. So so you put it at twenty million, and then when it comes in at seventeen, you're then I'll be steal. like, there we go. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> then I'll be happy about what they get it for. But if nice. it goes over twenty million, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine it's going to go over. Just when you look around the teams that have cap space, I'm not sure he's the guy they're going to throw it at. But as they always say, it only takes one a hole to do that and that you know makes a big big mess of things so definitely something to watch for with zach levine i think he's one of the more kind of polarizing guys so now pete i want to go back to you again because you had two more guys in this tier so you had will barton and tyreek evans full disclosure those are my my one and two in my rotation tier um that's where i have them i have one slot down con i'm assuming you have both of them in the same yeah i actually had i actually had like a middle tier between the starters and rotation and those two okay my middle yeah those two got it middle yeah and and that's that's totally fair because that's kind of where they've been right it's it's uh 
bench guys in recent years, but started quite a bit this this season. So, Pete, talk a little bit. Let's talk about Will Barton first. Are we all in agreement Will Barton should be ahead of Tyreek Evans on the list? We I agree. agree with that. Con, you good with that too? Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. So, so let's talk about Will Barton first then. Uh, Pete, mm-hmm. what, where, why did you have Will Barton when you had him on the list? I just feel like he's blossoming as a um, facilitator a little bit, as being able to handle the ball. Now, obviously, he's not a guy that you want handling the ball consistently, but I feel like you know his turnovers um, to assist ratio were down a little bit. So I feel like um, ultimately um, he kind of – I know we just talked about Tyreek Evans, but he can kind of play that hybrid role there if needed. He can also move up to the small forward spot. So he can kind of play three positions um, on the court for you. Now, the only thing I had against Will Barton um, is he's got to get better defensively um, on a consistent basis. Will Barton and um, everybody on the Denver Nuggets. Yes, yeah, exactly. And But I think that on the offensive end, I think just to, like kind of where he is blossoming as far as a you know versatility-wise and just kind of a wide range of scoring, especially now from uh, three-point range, I think that kind of pushed him up. Now, when I say starter, that doesn't mean that he has to start all 82 games in the season. You know, he could end up starting, you know, 41 out of the 82 games. But I think he has the most capability out of the current rotation guys or six-man guys to kind of bump himself up to a uh, starting role. Yeah, I think that's fair because that's what he's been doing. Uh, this season, right? He's really he's started quite a bit, whether it be with Gary Harris out now, or when uh, Wilson Chandler was in and out of the lineup, or when Millsap was out and they went small with Chandler at the four and those kind of things. So uh, I'm there. I I like him best as that kind of super sub, come off the bench, can really the guy just plays with such high energy. Um, whenever he's on the court, I worry about him as a starter that he's going to wear down and uh, fall apart if he was a full-time starter playing starters minutes. So I'm kind of curious to see how he holds up um, all the way through to the end of this season um, with that. But, Com, what do you like about Will Martin? Yeah, so just like guys like Jamal Crawford and, and Lou Williams, uh, he these guys are all too good at what they're good at to hold them back to kind of limit what they want to do on the court. And But overall, you don't want them sealing touches from your starters and what the starters are doing either. Also, sometimes they uh, their liabilities on defense. So Will Barton's the perfect kind of guy in that role where you come off the bench and does what he does best against backups, uh, which is uh, put the ball in the hoop. So I really like Will Barton. I, I think he's definitely talent-wise in the starter tier to me. I just really like him coming off the bench uh, for a good team as that scorer type guy. Okay, yeah, so we're all pretty much in the same same spot. I think, Pete, you've, you see a little more potential in him than maybe maybe Con and I do, but I think we all like him quite a bit. He's, he's a guy I think he's just because of the cap environment, I think he's probably looking at somebody's mid-level exception, but I think whoever gets him at that is going to be really happy. Um, with that deal, and I think he's going to be, you know, he might be a guy who goes to a really good team on their mid-level and, like, kind of accelerates their second unit to the point where they're a contender. All right, so Tyreek Evans, I think clearly he's the next guy on the list for all three of us. Evans has had an interesting, really nice bounce-back year with the Grizzlies to the point where um, he was so good that Grizzlies fans wanted him traded at the trade deadline because <laughs> they thought that they should have gotten some uh, value for him versus hanging on to him. And he really 
overcame a lot of health issues that he's had over the last few years. And then he has been, uh, you know, playing a lot at the point as well for them as, you know, Mike Conley's been injured and then really everybody else they've run out at point guard has just been really ineffective. Um, but I think, again, he's another guy who he's probably best if he's your lead guard off your bench um, as a combo guy. But I really like him um, in that. Plus, he, he's a better shooter than I think he – he's a better shooter than I ever thought he would be. And I think yeah, he's a better a lot shooter. better three-point shooter. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's better than most people even realize that he is at, uh, at shooting the triples. So, Con, Tyreek Evans, what what kind of deal do you think he's looking at this summer? Oh, man, I'd be surprised if he pulls in the entire mid-level, honestly. Um, I just don't – one, he's getting older. I think this was one of his best years in a while, too. And I just don't see a team that needs um, – because he's a he's a secondary playmaker which i mean he was he's been really good at that this year uh so i don't know if a secondary playmaker who is kind of getting slower on defense and can't shoot if that's worth a lot of money to a team so i i would think he's maybe getting around six six million ish for two years two three years maybe with the team option on the third year something like that yeah, I think it's a it's a little bit of a bump because he played under the biannual exception this year with the Grizzlies. So a little bit of a bump on that uh, makes sense to me. Um, again, I think he's probably, if you can have him on your team and he's playing 20 to 25 minutes a night off your bench, you're in pretty good shape. Pete, do you think that's ultimately where his, his role is headed? And second question to that, do you think there's a chance he's back in Memphis next year? Um, well, answering the first one, uh, kind of what Khan mentioned with the middle tier kind of thing of like the potential to, to move up but potentially be a role guy, that's kind of what I had Tyreek Evans. But I put him in the starter because I feel like he has the you know most potential to be a um, what I call, like I said earlier, a stopgate starter for like a younger guy. So like maybe a team, uh, I don't know, like if – if Atlanta could shed a little bit more contracts, like say they trade a guy like Dennis Schroeder, um, they could end up bringing in a guy like Tyreek Evans to be that secondary ball handler type guy that could bring scoring, things like that. Um, you know, just kind of throwing a <laughs> team out there. Um, team like Memphis, I don't know. I don't know if, if he fits back in Memphis on where they're going to go because they have, you know, Marcus all that's aging. Conley was out for so long. The fans are kind of getting restless there you know, with, with where the team was compared to where they are now. The team didn't want to tank. So, you know, I don't know. I just don't see him back in Memphis, honestly. Yeah, the only see reason why I see him back in Memphis is because I don't think they're going to tank next year. They're not going to be positioned to um, cap-wise. Like, they've, they've just got Gasol, Conley, Parsons, those three alone, you're basically capped out. So, and I think that they're going to want to hope for better health along with whoever they draft this year. And then that, you know, kind of pushes them right back into the playoff picture. So that's the only reason why I could see Evans coming back with the idea of, hey, we're bringing you back and your your role is going to be what it should have been this year, which is our, you know, number one guard off our bench. And that's what we'll have you do. So, you know, but, but I think it's going to be important. Yeah, keep it in, like Tom mentioned, into that $6 million range. So then it remains a tradable piece as well, because you don't want to lock in anything more than that. Now all of a sudden you can't. You can't move them in a deal. So, all right. So now we're down into the rotation tier, right? For all three of us, I don't. No one else had anyone in the starter. 
tier, if I remember right. So so here's I'm gonna just throw a bunch of names at you. I'll kind of close out the guys I have in this tier, and then um then we can start talking about all of them. So the rest of mine in order go Wayne Ellington of the Miami Heat, David Nwaba of the Chicago Bulls, Marco Bellinelli of the Sixers, Ian Clark of the Pelicans, Seth Curry of the Mavericks, Bryn Forbes of the Spurs. Gerald Green of the Rockets, Joe Harris of the Nets, Patrick McCaw, Warriors, Lance Stevenson, Pacers, Dwayne Wade of the Miami Heat, Nick Young of the Warriors. And then I bumped C.J. Williams into this category, even though he's a two-way guy, just because I think he showed enough um, on his NBA days. One guy before I have you guys start rattling off your list is Dwayne Wade. I almost was tempted to put him in his own kind of special category. And uh, spoiler alert, I did this with Dirk Nowitzki and um, Udonis Haslam, where if they're going to play, they're only going to play for that team. But Wade, I didn't feel fully comfortable doing that, considering he's played for two other teams in the last year. So I wasn't fully comfortable. I could see the Heat saying, yeah, we're good. Uh, but we've got enough other kind of uh, guards on the roster now, and maybe he goes and catches on with another team. So I didn't fully feel comfortable doing that, but I totally understand if it's, okay, uh, Wade's either playing for the Heat or nobody. So, all right, Pete, I'm going to go to you first. Who who else do you have in the rotation tier? You don't have to go through the whole thing if you don't want to or if you want to say, I also have this guy. Um, I'll just read them off because yeah, then sure. I'd have to reference yep. back to who you had. And no, I don't want to miss out on anybody. So I've got uh, Seth Curry, Marco Bellinelli, Ian Clark, Pat Connaughton, Wayne Ellington, Bryn Forbes, um, Joe Harris, Pat McCall, uh, David Nwaba, Dwayne Wade with a caveat if he comes back next season or not, he may retire. Uh, Vince Carter in that same boat. Then I have Nick Young. Um, and then I kind of went back and forth on two guys, Marcus Georges Hunt, because I like him. I think um, potentially he could end up in a rotation, but I left him right now in the um, in the fringe category. And the other guy is uh, Gerald Green, just because he has excelled, but I don't know if that's just because that's the Houston system um, or it's actually Gerald Green improving um, in other areas. Yeah, Gerald Green was actually pretty good for Boston last year too. So he, uh, you know, and Gerald Green is a, you know, who the heck knows what you want to call him positionally right now. You know, in Houston, he's mostly played the two, but, you know, anywhere else, he's probably a three or maybe even a four um, on other teams. So he he's an interesting one. Con, did you have anybody else who Pete and I didn't list that you were like, yeah, this guy should be in this group? Yeah, two guys that um, okay. I was wavering on where I should put them. One, Jody Meeks, I think, is definitely in consideration for a rotation spot. Um, And then one guy that I just like, and I think he could play rotation minutes if he got the shot more, is Alex Caruso. Um, Okay. I I really like his game. Uh, He always brings the highest of energies whenever he's on the court. Um, And, I mean, he's been killing it at the G League, too. And he's played well when he was with the Lakers, too. So I think if he got a shot, a legit shot, I think he could definitely crack a rotation. Interesting. All right, so I'm going to go through. Uh, I'm just going to use my list because I have it in front of me. But it is uh, – so we're all in agreement. Wayne Ellington is in this category and fairly high in this group, right? I think he's proven to be – he's one of the best bench shooters in the league this year, at least, and has played really, really well. Uh, David Nwaba, I think we're all there on him, is kind of the, the modern-day Tony Allen in a sense. Oh, yes. um, there with him. Uh, Marco Bellinelli, still a good quality bench 
uh, wing guy there. I think he's somebody Philly would love to have back. They can make can make it work um, this offseason. Uh, did did you both have Ian Clark in this category as well? Yeah. Okay. Ian, so Ian Clark was just tough to slot exactly where I wanted him to slot because yeah, he's he's kind of in the middle. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's tough because it's um you know, and there was points in this year where he wasn't even in the rotation for the Pelicans, where he had fallen out, and then now he's been back in it, whether that be you know due to injury or whatever reason. And he, you know, I've just kind of always liked him. He's got he's, he's that kind of classic combo guard size off your bench, six foot three, um there. So then, then my next guy on my list was Seth Curry, but Pete, you had him significantly higher. So talk a little bit about your thoughts on Seth Curry. Um, I think he has the ability to score, shoot the three. Um, not the greatest defender, but he can create his own shot. It's just the injuries had him out all year, so he hasn't really been able to take that next step up to show the you know casual NBA fan what he can do. I know like the hardcore fans are like, okay, we know what Seth um, can or can't do. Um, I think that potentially he could end up being a piece that goes back to, to Dallas. Um, maybe on a short deal, like two-year deal, you know, small, small amount of money. My thing with Curry is it's it's at this point it's what is he? Is he a is he a point guard who has to play next to a high volume wing who handles it a lot, or can he really be a two? He's only about six foot two, so he's even a little bit smaller than his brother. Um, and occasionally he can get picked on defensively. I would have liked to have seen him get some minutes with Dennis Smith Jr. Smith Jr. is a good size. Um, there, so I think that they could could offset each other kind of nice, nicely. I do like Curry though because he's, I mean, he's a Curry, so he's a really good shooter. Um, you know, so I really do do like his his game, um, and I think you know he's got that ability to to really do some stuff. Um, and then it sounded like we were all kind of high on Bryn Forbes, which I you know thought I might have been a little bit on an island um, with this one, but you know he's a another guy, Spurs guy, right? So I think. I know my tendency, at least, is to always um, not push them up a notch or two because uh, they're Spurs guys. They always look a little bit, a little bit better than than they maybe are. I just worry. I don't know that he's ever going to be able to hold his own defensively um, out there, and he's already twenty. He'll be twenty five before the start of next season. So you know, a little bit, little touch on the older side there. Uh, Gerald Green, we we don't need to spend a lot of time on him. We all had him in this in this tier. Um, just, you know, at this point, Joe, Joe Green has been in the league now. This is his 11th season, which just is kind of mind-blowing um, that he's, you know, there because I remember him coming out of high school and he's, you know, 32 years old and still getting it done. I think Joe Green, though, he's the kind of guy, he's just going to have to wait and then he'll sign late or even in season um, with a team that needs, you know, what he brings to the to the table. Joe Harris, I want to talk a little bit about this guy, though. Big night the other night. He had 30-something points. Yeah. Hit every he this can score. He's underrated, can. I think. There was a little bit of a revenge game, too, on the Cavs. Yeah. I think. And, uh, not not to upset my uh, fellow Orlandoans, but uh, Joe Harris was temporarily property of the Orlando Magic a couple years ago, and they um, just cut him loose in a salary dump move. So it's uh, you know, another guy yet that the Magic could use uh, that might actually help him. Con, do you, what do you, what do you think about Joe Harris? What do you, where do you, could you see him landing? Well, let me rephrase and ask something more specific. Joe Harris, can he help a really good contender team as a shooter off the bench? Oh, I, I think there's no question he could he could help out. Uh, he's shown that he can play. He's shown he could step up too. Um, my thing is, I had these four players. So I had Garrett Temple, Bellinelli, Joe Harris, and Ian Clark, kind of in the in this grouping where I didn't know who I would want. 
um, out of those four as my top pick. I think Joe Harris might be that guy just because I think he's the youngest out of all of them. Uh, he he plays with a lot of energy and he's just a knockdown shooter too when when he gets hot. So I, I really think that he can play for a nice team coming off the bench. But I also think that he might like it in uh, in Brooklyn right now and the Nets are definitely trying to get back um, to to regular standing in in the league with their pick coming back next year too, so I'm I'm excited to see kind of how he develops in these next couple years. Yeah, I think he fits in really well, and I think he's probably got some loyalty to the Nets after yeah. they kind of helped him rebuild his career. So, you know, I would not be at all surprised to see him stick around there. Patrick McCaw was the next guy. We all kind of had him right around the same range. It sounds like I just I don't know. It, it's he always leaves me wanting more. When I do see him play with the Warriors, it seems like he's always just slightly off. And then I see him, you know, kind of on his own in summer league when he's not with all the, the great players. And he looks like he's a world beater and he's going to be the you know next greatest thing, which is, you know, I always encourage people. Summer league, one of the first things I learned from a scout was summer league doesn't tell you who can play. It tells you who can't play. You know, if you're you're terrible in summer league, you're, you're not going to make it in the NBA. But I don't know. Pete, what are your thoughts on McCaw? Do you? Do you think somebody throws him an offer that forces the Warriors to match, or do you think he's just going to kind of be out there? I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Somebody's going to throw him an offer, and then Golden State has to decide, do we want him to bring him back or not? Um, I think McCall is one of those guys that, kind of like an Allen Crab, where it might take him a little bit to kind of entrench himself as you know a potential key rotation piece, and then kind of branch forward again in you know another season after that to become like an on and off again starter um and then that next year it's where okay you know we can blossom into a full-time you know third option on a team I think it I didn't I wasn't as high on him as somebody like a David Nawaba I know that sounds strange but I like David Nawaba's defensive prowess and what he can bring to a team overall more than what McCall can do as far as a mixture of skill set. I don't think that McCall does anything on either side of the ball that is like earth-shattering right now, but that could also be because there's so many good players in front of him in Golden State as well. So I don't yeah. know. We'll have to see. I, I, I'm i hiring Nawaba because Nawaba, I believe, is an NBA-level defender, where I'm not entirely sure what McCall's standout skill is. Um, but I do I, – I like that you threw out Alan Crabb. That's our guy, right? That's me and you have been high on Alan Crabb for forever now. And, you know, it's good to see him, you know, playing well and, you know, doing good things for the, the Nets and, you know, and was good with the Trailblazers. So, you know, it's – yeah, McCaw and, you know, the Warriors, they, they, they'll play a lot of tax, but it's not it's not unlimited um, bill that they're willing to write there. So you, you could be right. Someone could force their hand and say – all right, hey, we're gonna. If you you want him back, we're gonna make you do this, or you get him back, and it's gonna cost you somebody else. Dave might like to have return or something like that. It is fun, kind of funny to me though that we we all had, I believe, McCaw ahead of Nick Young, um, and Nick Young is actually the starter um, right now there with you know everybody out for the Warriors. I just I don't know. I've never been a Nick Young guy. I you know, and I don't know that I ever you know will be a Nick Young guy. I think he's fine, but I don't I don't know. I it, it, he's interesting though. I reserve the right. Nick Young has a series of good playoff games this year when it really counts. And maybe I'll come around and feel differently on him. But right now, I don't. 
I don't know. I just I'm not a big believer in Nick Young. I see him having um, a JR type game. Yeah, exactly. That's the exact player he is. Now, yeah. which JR though? The one that makes a bunch of shots and wins you a game, or the one that goes like three for eighteen and you lose because? No, of him? no. A, a JR game <laughs> is that one game where you just go crazy and and win a game. Yeah, he goes off for yeah. he has twenty six points in the game and just like fade away threes and just yeah, like the, other teams, like, like the opponent's coming back and he immediately pushes the lead back up to like six or eight. And yeah. you know, I feel like that's gonna happen at some point. And he's running down the court with his back turned as the ball yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except exactly. it goes in yeah. this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I could definitely see him him doing some stuff like that. Uh Lance Stevenson. Now I do think the Pacers are gonna gonna cut loose his team option because I think the Pacers are gonna go with cap space route this summer. But I do think he would go back there. For whatever reason, he has superpowers in Indiana that he doesn't have anywhere else. Um, so I definitely think there's a good chance we see him back with the Pacers. Um, and he's played well for them this year, really, in a crucial role off their bench. He's really their, their backup 2-3. He backs up both Oladipo and uh, Bogdanovich over there. So, you know, look, looked pretty good. We already talked about Dwayne Wade. And then the last guy I had in this tier for me was CJ Williams of the Clippers, one of their two two-way guys that played a lot and played really quite well for them. As of our recording here, again, we're recording this on Tuesday night, the 27th. Still no resolution of what's going on with the Clippers. Still sitting on an open roster spot. Neither Wallace or Williams is budged and uh, signed a remainder of this year contract or anything like that. So, so I like CJ Williams. I think he's somebody I think the Clippers are going to lose him this summer because I don't think they're going to be able to keep him um, because I think some team will throw him something that the Clippers either have to match or the Clippers just say forget it we're moving on somebody different but but Con you had two or excuse me Pete rather you had two other guys um, in this category so let's start off with the veteran Vince Carter um, you, you you had him out there with kind of the caveat if he comes back to play now for me, that's kind of where I pushed him down to the fringe category. Um, one, yeah, and, and it's okay because I, when you said it, it's kind of like, yeah, if he does come back to play, he's actually still been kind of okay. Um, but I had him down in that fringe category because I'm just, I think, I think this might be it. I think he might be done. Yeah, I think, I think this is probably his last year, and and he would make a good announcer if mm-hmm. he decides to go into that. Um, the other guy that I, I had, though, is uh, Pat Connaughton. Yeah, that uh, was the other guy I wanted to talk about. And I think with Connaughton, it's all about opportunity. Uh, but then in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, you, you've had 18 minutes a game. Um, but I didn't want to put him in that fringe category because I think he's a capable NBA player. So I kind of went back and forth in my mind, like, okay, is he going to be able to – like what team could he make a rotation on um, as far as a consistent rotation? Um, and, and I think like a young tier team, um, that's not really like necessarily looking to, to count on him for scoring or defense or anything like that on a, on a like 100% consistent basis, but let's see what we have where we can develop you maybe like a new Orleans or something like that, as far as like a in and out of the rotation guy. And then, okay, the second half of the season, you're in the rotation, all right, we're really going to force feed you minutes, kind of situation for him. Yeah, I kind of um, like I, him on a team like like New Orleans. Actually, I think he could be good. My only problem is whenever I watch the Blazers, I just kind of forget he's out there. Like he, right. he doesn't make any the, impact plays. Thing. Like what? Like we don't really know. Like could he be more if you didn't have Lillard or McCollum back? But there? isn't it? Yeah, no, maybe he. This is it. Isn't it better? You know, we don't. Isn't know. it better to? kind of forget he's out there than to actively know that he's messing things up 
too. Because I, I re- oh well, yeah. I, I remember I remember earlier on before the Blazers had their crazy run where Aminu was hurt, um, and the Blazers had a little surge, and that surge came with Pat Content starting for a few games. Yep. Um, so no, you're right. So I really think I mean I was debating on whether or not Pat Pat Content's the guy that could jump up to the starter level more likely than anyone else in this tier because I think he's that perfect like Kyle Korver type or um, I don't know another just shooter on the wing uh, that kind of isn't too awful defensively that that you just can't play him Um, so yeah I kind of like Connaughton Um, all right hold on to that because that's what we're going to close with so I want to I want to come back to that so hold hold on to the rest of that for thought sure, for, for just sure. one more one more minute because I, I i like that though i, I i'm kind of with you on Connaughton. i'm a, i probably have him a little too low and then pete i think your last guy was george's time right and in and, and this one i i had a hard time because i'm i'm trying to not let personal stuff come in here because i really love this kid and i know how hard he works and you know, I just I know there's people who love him around the league, and and I also know it's it's impossible to crack Tibbs' rotation in Minnesota. I mean, gosh, he you know now he's down to playing just eight guys you know a night because Derek Rose is hurt, which is probably actually for the best. But it's it's a really um, oh man, I don't know. Uh, we didn't learn anything about Marcus Georges Hunt this year, other than the couple of times he's got to play, he's done all right. Well, the reason I put him in this is because I wanted to put a guy that was like a two-way contract or, you know, something in that tier. I wanted to put most likely to get bumped up, and that's the guy that I picked because I know you picked C.J. Williams. I had C.J. Williams kind of there, but where his age is, I thought maybe he would try to go back overseas and get, you know, a little bit more lucrative offer based on his age. Yeah, because C.J. Williams is just – he's 28. Right. Um, and that's the only reason, really, I had because we, like you said, we don't know because of Tibbs. But I think defensively, he can hold his own. He can score a little bit. Now, obviously, not you know top tier on either side of the ball, but you know could make you know I've seen worse players you know make a rotation. So that was why I had George's Hunt there. All right, and then Alex Caruso was your guy, Con, and you mentioned just brings a ton of energy. I also like too he can play the point too. Uh, some for for the Lakers and has done that. I think uh, you know he's he's definitely a guy to to watch. I think he has a chance to to go. So all right, so let's close it out with um, Con. Do you want to go back to so so Pat Connaughton's your guy, kind of the fringe guys that you could see jumping definitely into the rotation tier or into the starter tier. Yeah, well, I have three guys that I definitely think that could. Okay. Um, and so Pat Connaughton's one. And then, I mean, I'm really, I mean, you guys are high on David Nova, but I'm really high on David Nova. I think he's, I think he's one of the, besides, like, he's top four in terms of who I want the Bulls to carry on with. That's Dunn, Levine, Markinen, and Nuaba's one of them for me. Um, and then my other guy, uh, I'm also pretty high on what I think McCall can become. I just think he's a bit, uh, buried in that Warriors bench and I don't know maybe it's it's not great that he's not showing out in the minutes that he's given but I feel like like you said in summer league I just think his physical tools and he's shown that he can play on a finals team in the finals as a rookie um, that's that's not something that I overlook too easily and I think he can definitely uh, blossom if given more opportunity yeah and I think he's gonna get it too. yeah I mean Steve Kerr gives everybody a shot at some point definitely in the playoffs, yeah so He'll definitely get there. All right, Pete, who are a couple guys for you 
that could make the jump. Well, let me ask. There's nobody that we see other than maybe a Rodney Hood if he really puts it together and stays healthy, or Zach Levine. No one's making the jump to the All-Star tier right out of this entire class, so we're all in agreement on that. So, so Pete, who could make a jump into the clear rotation guy or maybe even into the starter conversation? Um, as far as rotation to starter, it would be, I think Nawab is already starting, right, for Chicago a little bit? Yeah, but yeah, cons- yeah, on and off. Um, I think he has potential. And then um, I also think with Seth Curry, depending on, um, you know, if he goes to a different team than, than Dallas or even with Dallas, maybe he could play the shooting guard spot depending on, you know, if, if what I said earlier comes true, if they trade Wes Matthews and don't look to really upgrade the shooting guard spot right now, I think he can kind of fill in there. Um, I guess we'll talk about maybe guys that we dropped that, that are guys that might be – fringe player that are kind of in the NBA now that'll go fringe. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we, and I should have done that already. So these guys are for me that we haven't talked about yet. This is where I have Nick Stauskas. Yeah. Just, see, that's what I was going to mention. Yeah. There's just, there's not, you know, and I thought he might get he needs a to go to China, you know, yeah. Right. And probably score 50 a game over there. But, yeah. You know, for me with Nick Stauskas is if, if, if a guy of his player profile can't make it in Brooklyn, I don't know. If you can, then, that's what, because that's exactly where yeah. I was. I thought he was going to get a shot. You know, yeah. when he put up 20 yep. something points that one yeah, year. Yeah, it was one of his first games there. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, now we get to yep. see what he can do. And then it's right back to zero consistency. Yeah. Um, this is also where I have Aaron Aflalo. You know, I've, I've seen him. This guy's a true pro, so he'll probably continue to stick around teams uh, just because people really like him. He's a good locker room guy, but he's just, he's, you know, He's, he's not there anymore as an NBA player. And then it's all the, the two-way guys. So Jabari Bird, Markel Brown, Charles Cook, Milton Doyle, P.J. Dozier, Darren Hilliard, Andrew White, and C.J. Wilcox. Um, those guys are kind of where they are for a reason. With the exception of one guy, I think Jabari Bird might have a chance to play his way out of this and into a potential rotation guy if he can land in the right spot. They, He's much better on defense than I thought he would be when he's been given the, the scant few chances he's been given for the Celtics. He, he really you know competes hard on defense, and he was a really good shooter coming out of college. So you know he's he's somebody I think could could play his way out of that. Are there anybody in that group that you guys feel like you want to spend any more time on? Or are they all where they are for you, Con? I, I was going to mention Jabari Bird, but uh, you you already okay. took him from because yeah. I just think Boston loves that skill set, and whoever even yeah. semi fits into it, they'll take a shot on. So. No, that's definitely true. Yeah, Pete. Anybody else in there? The only one for me, I think Andrew White with the Hawks. I think they could potentially throw him back to summer league and kind of push him there and give him a chance in training camp. He could potentially make the roster next season as a um, non-two-way player um, to where he'd be on a regular roster spot. But I don't think he's a consistent rotation guy. Just somebody that they might take a flyer on. Yeah, and he's got good size. You know, six seven. Um, mm-hmm. to really play play the he's played decent the for them, you know. When yeah, he's, he's played, done some so. stuff, definitely. Yeah. That they're, they're really we we talked about Connaughton, we talked about Georgia Sun. There's nobody else in the fringe group that I see making a jump. You guys talked about McCaw, the guy I think who we spent a little bit of time on him already, but the guy I think that can make a jump into being a starter if he really lands on the right team is Joe Harris. I think if he landed on a team that just needed him to kind of play the Kyle Korver role, you know, run around, we're going to get shots or the J.J. Reddick spot or whatever it is, those guys have so much value and open things up for teams. And I think just his his size, he's a smart player, can really move the ball well also. I think he has a chance. And then 
Wayne, Wayne Ellington is a guy I really like, but I think Wayne Ellington has now carved out his role. He's just going to be some team, whether it's the Heat or somebody else, he's going to be the designated bench gunner. Did you know Wayne Ellington already, this is his ninth year in the league, which just seems, I don't know, that kind of blew me away for some reason. I didn't think he'd been around that long. But now I think Wayne Ellington's a guy, wouldn't shock me at all if he plays 15, 16 years and is just a bench shooter for you know, I can see that because he can he can shoot. Yeah, he sure can. So, all right. Well, that was a very um, long show on some uh, on a position we didn't have a lot to say. But I promise you, we're going to do the small forwards next. As not deep as the shooting guards was, the small forward group is loaded. Um, this one has has a lot of really good guys at the top, and then I think it's got some really interesting guys in the starter and rotation bucket. Um, so we're going to close it out with Pete. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me at Pete Toll NBA. So it's P-E-T-E-T-O-A-L-M-B-A on Twitter. Always up for basketball discussion and things like that. All right, Con, where can everybody find you on Twitter? It's Con, B-A-K-A-A-N-B-A underscore M-T-D. And you can check out uh, our podcast, The Benchmob NBA. Um, visit our website, thebenchmobnba.com. That's where we do a lot of stuff uh, with the sports business classroom guys. So go check that out. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and then definitely check out the show Con and I did with uh, uh, Jake. Kelfer from the professional basketball combine. That was a really cool show. He's got a cool thing. He's he's building out there and check out all his stuff. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. Gonna be having some offseason previews coming out somewhere. I'm not entirely sure where yet, but they will be coming out and when they are, I'll be publishing them on here. If you enjoy our show, please do us a big, big favor and go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. It would really help us out a lot, help us climb that iTunes ranks, you know, and get get the show out there for more people to know about, tell people to find it. We, as I've been mentioning before, we are going to do off-season previews for individual teams, so we'll get those lined up coming your way soon as we are finishing out the NBA season. And sometime in the next couple weeks we'll also do a little break from our norm we'll do a full playoff preview as well where we'll go down and we'll give our picks for the for the series and and things like that we'll probably talk a little end of season awards in that one too as well of who you know we think should win uh, various awards and the like but but other than that uh, head over to itunes give us a five-star rating review it would really help us out a lot as i mentioned and that is going to close us out here tonight on the nba for an office show i've been your host keith smith we are part of the almighty baller podcast network we will talk to you next time An ad from Dad. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Yeah. Tell you another way to save money. Don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning, you know. Then you can save up for a, I don't know, really nice dress shirt. I'm just saying. It's great that you feel comfortable here at work, but, you know, an adult could walk in. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. All right, let's pull up over here and drop a line. Are your feet wet? My feet are wet. Here's the drain plug. You put the plug in the drain, right? Ah, it's on the dock. There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. Ah,
many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.